imperfections, but it's God's plan that has always been perfect in my life. And he's put me in front of people that he wanted me to be in front of. And it was up to me to press into God and listen, listen intently for what he has for me to do during that situation. So the message on walking in God's wisdom starts with a very simple fact that, that we are at a point in our life where we see a lot of things going on in the world. Um, Father's Day message, Angela taught a message about as in the days of Noah. And we look around and, and, and we can take that message and just put it on every TV screen, every place that's out there. We can see this manifesting itself in front of us. And she was very, very strong with the men that they need to walk in righteousness and in holiness. We need to press in. We need to press in to God. Now, there was a picture on there, and there, the, the picture that I had given, but I, I, I guess it's not, not going to be up there, is, is a picture I took the other day. Now, um, I want to give a testimony here. Now, my wife and I were not in church on Sunday. We decided that both of our legs were in good enough shape that we needed to get away for a weekend. And I have photos, if anybody wants to see them, of a wonderful lady over there dancing on the beach (laughs) with her arms stretched out, just spinning and spinning and spinning. Even I, three days ago, I had to humble myself. Three days ago, I couldn't even put my own socks on still. The pain was still there. And, and so it's very humbling when I have to, to go and ask my wife to help. She is the most gracious, gracious woman. Absolutely amazing. I love my wife very much. And she helped. The last two days, I've been pain-free. I don't have any pain. This here came on because of some allergies, and the present was the scratchy throat at the end of the day. But we're still going to teach this message. In James 1 and 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, Some of you know my history. Some of you don't know my history. I started out in a Northern Baptist church. Great group of people. They loved Jesus. They loved God. They had a picture of Jesus up on the wall. They had a cross with him still hanging on it. And they were always, and and they still to this day, their church burned down. Our church burned down years ago. And they've got it built. They're now serving back again in the church. The church has grown. In from that church, I went into no man's land when I went to college. And then I ended up in the Mormon church. And I fought that for the longest time. But during that time, nobody else came to me except them. Now, I'm not saying that that was my fault or not my fault. I didn't know enough about God, about Christianity, 
or anything else. So here was a group of guys who wanted to, to delve with me, sit with me, and share their gospel. And, and I tortured those guys. I'd call them up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I'd ask them all sorts of questions. And, and they'd answer the phone like they'd been awake waiting for my call. And after a long time of being in that, I joined the church. And it wasn't until I actually went to the temple where, where the veil was actually taken off my eyes and I could see that this was not, this was not a, a, a place that anybody needs to be. But one thing they made me aware of was the Holy Spirit. Now, in their church, they think they can give it and they can take it away, but only God can give and, he can only, and, and God can take away. And so I learned there that all I had to do was ask, and God would give wisdom to me freely. Now, even as a kid, I had learned that lesson that if I asked God something, he would do it for me. 12, 13-year-old kid, God do this, okay, he'd do that. He was a loving father. He wants to do that for us. So, so here I am. I'm learned about that. So, so here goes into my testimony, and I'm, I'm going to read something because the Lord said somebody needs to hear this tonight. The other day, uh, the other day, probably about four weeks ago, I had the opportunity to um, talk with a young pastor, and he has. At his, um, um, Bill, can you grab me that bottle of water over there? He has at his, his challenge, one of the greatest challenge facing every pastor in the world. How do you answer a family who lost a four-year-old child when they ask why? And I said, let me think about that one. I don't want to make it out of my flesh. And so the next morning, <clears throat> I did what I do best. Woke up at a wee hours of the morning because I couldn't sleep. And I started praying in the Spirit. And the Lord instructed me to go to my paper and pick up a pen. And I began to write, and I have no clue. I was, I was playing an Al Gregorick here at this moment. That as I was writing, I don't even know what I was writing. I was just putting it down, putting it down, putting it down, putting it down, putting it down. And I put my pen down and I went to read it. Now, my wife did help me with a couple of words because my English isn't as good as, as others. But <laughs> the, the message here that I gave to him to, to share with the, the couple that had lost their four-year-old child is precious cargo. There have never been words of comfort that'll settle one's heart over the loss of a loved one, let alone the loss of a precious child. People will often come around hoping their words of comfort will make the difference. Words about hope, God, peace, and mourning, to name a few. God's love... God's peace and time will be the only thing that heals this wound. Each life is precious and given to us for a season. She was always God's. And he gave her to you 
to hold him for four beautiful years. To love her unconditionally as you did. More deeply than anyone else would have. Her time was seen long before we even existed. And she was given to be loved and to show the depth of your love for her. She was here to be loved and show us how to love unconditionally. And now she walks on the streets of gold. This precious gift could have been sent to anyone else. Yet she was given to you that she will always be remembered and loved. God did not do this to you, but blessed you with special cargo. Knowing what she would go through and knowing you could go through this moment. It's all right to cry. It's all right to remember. It's all right to be sad. And it's all right to know that you have much love to give another. God shared her life with you that you would be able to share this love with others. I did that under the umption of the Holy Spirit. Because in those moments, I pressed into God and He gave wisdom to me and knowledge to me on how to answer some of the most impossible questions. And, and I find this in my everyday life. At my job, I can do amazing things. I've only been there three months. I've already made a name for myself. I already have projects that they've given me that are pretty large. Uh, the fact that we're trying to straighten out the assets at a major college. <clears throat> all of that is in my fingertips. And every time I need that wisdom, I need to know something That information just comes and flows freely. Al Al would testify at 10 times to Sunday that I would just sit there and he'd ask me to come fix his computer and I'd pray and he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm fixing your computer. And then I'd look up and I'd do something and it'd be fixed. I don't know how to fix computers. I don't know how to do all this electronic stuff that I do. God gives me the wisdom when I need it. To be able to do anything and all things. And so when we come to this place of of seeking information, look at what we do. We go to the news. We go to our friends. We go to the guy at the street corner uh, shop because he's pretty smart. We go to all these places, but how many times do we... Now, I know I'm, I'm, I'm ministering to a pretty good crowd here. So when I say, how many times do we run to God? I know the majority of this crowd runs to God. But we got to think about it is that that this world has so much distraction going on right now. So much. You know, the message on the little foxes. How many little foxes could we count going on in the world right now to keep everybody going after this, 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 and they're missing the big picture? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Jesus is King. God is the creator of the universe. I I see every day people trying to tear that foundation down. They can't get rid of that foundation. 
that foundation is built on the rock. That foundation isn't going to be moved in a windstorm, in a rainstorm. It's not going to move. Philippians 3, starting at 12. Pressing into the most high calling. It is our time right now to grab a hold of the word. Grab a hold of God's wisdom and knowledge. And, and I'm going to open up, I'm, I keep an eye on my time, but I'm going to open you up today to some things that, that you've got to grab a hold of in your life to understand what it means to walk in God's wisdom. So in Philippians 3:12, now that I have already obtained, or not that I have already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on. <clears throat> so Paul, Paul, this is Paul telling us. He has not already obtained. He is still pressing on to the calling of the Most High God. So we're here, we are standing right now at the precipice of change going on around the world. And are we ready to implement that change Or are we here to see it happen? We're called to do more than just sit in in the church. We're called to do more than, than, than just coming here on Sunday, on Wednesdays and all of that. We're here to implement change in the world so that people can see Jesus. That's what we're here for. We're here to be Christ on the earth. Some people call it little Christ. You know, there's a statement that, that frustrates me when I hear somebody tell somebody else, well, you ought to just try Jesus. Ah, oh, I cringe when I hear that. Nobody should just try Jesus. You tell somebody to try Jesus, they're going to fall away pretty quick. Trying isn't enough. Give your heart over to Jesus. Surrender to Jesus. Surrender to his life. Surrender to what he did for you on the cross. Let me show you where God's going to take you. He take you all the way, wherever you want to go in Him. So, uh, already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me, brethren. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. How many times have we anchored ourselves to our past? And, and, and let me wake you up to something here. We will anchor ourselves to our successes and we will anchor ourselves to our failures. Both of those are in the past. They're in the past. Press forward into the Most High God. Press forward into His Word. Call on to Him. And He will respond. He will always respond. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, 
God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us be of the same mind. Now, Paul here is talking about the mature Christian. Now, we know the terms out there, oh, they're on the milk, they're on the meat. Well, let me add a few more. The fence sitters. How many fence sitters are out there? Well, I, I, I kind of believe in Christ, but I'm just not willing to take it to that next level. Are you a fence sitter? Press into the Most High God. Let God take you all the way. But those fence sitters, they, they sit there and, and it's, well, I don't know. I kind of like what's going on behind me here. Yeah, the grass is pretty good over here. I don't think the grass is better on the other side of the fence. Don't allow those anchors to hold you. Cut those anchors. If you had a success in the past, it's in the past. If you had a failure in the past, it's in the past. Cut those ties and move forward into what God has for you today. There is no yesterday that we can go back and fix. There is no thing in the past that we can go back and fix. But what we can do is be the representative of Christ today so that when people see you, they look and say, hey, something's different about them. They used to be another way. But now I want to know what they got because they got something I don't have. And the ones who mock you, the ones who ridicule you, they don't mean anything. They don't. In fact, they're missing it. And they will always miss it. The word changes those who believe. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. When I first studied Thessalon- uh, the Thessalonican church, I was amazed to learn that Paul had only been there for a short time. He only labored there for a season or something like that, and then he left. So he sent word to be checked on. He wanted to check on the church and see how well they were doing. And so he was excited that the word that got planted moved mountains around them. And that church was growing by leaps and bounds. Well, let let me make it very clear. They didn't have the full Old and New Testament at their disposal. They might have had the Old Testament, but they didn't have a lot of the New Testament. wasn't finished. wasn't written yet. So it was because they pressed into the most high calling of God that mountains moved before them to grow that church in Thessalonica. First um, Thessalonians 2 and 13, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, You welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. That church was changed by God's word. That church was changed by God's word and in a short amount of time. When we press into God, when we stop being fence-sitters, when we stop putting things in our way, God can move 
mountains before us. But when we hang back and kind of wait, we're going to miss those things that God has for each and every one of us. And, and those things, we're going to get into those things here in just a little bit. When we accept God, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we ask for the Holy Spirit to be dwelling with us, God gives information, He gives wisdom, He gives knowledge to us freely and openly. Now the next section in here is called Narrow is the Way. And I'm always taken aback by the scriptures, but I'm going to read the end of a poem, The Road Not Taken by Robert Foss, the very last stanza of it. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Jesus said, narrow is the gate. Matthew seven thirteen and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. That should wake us up. There are few who find the narrow gate. There are some who get to the gate, but they don't even open it. They don't even get through it. Our life is to be pressed into God so He can work wonders, miracles, and give life to those who are in darkness. That is our life in Him. Matthew 19, 24 through 26. And I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When, he described, when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. I want you to keep that. I want you to hold it as a precious jewel. With God, all things are possible. Now, I want to explain this camel incident here. And, and a needle, for those of you who sew, we're not talking about a needle and thread. One of the gates to Jerusalem was referenced as the needle. And so to get through it, the camel, which was the beast of burden, carried all your goods. Those rich men would carry all those things and that camel would be just going along. They'd get to that gate and all of that stuff would have to come off the camel. You would have to lead the camel through the eye of the needle. And then you had to haul your stuff through the needle and put it back on the camel. And it's a reference to getting rid of the old weight. Getting rid of those things. I'm not here to say you can be rich or poor or all those things. The word says that we can obtain wealth and God gives wisdom to us to do so. 
Who am I to argue with God? God has taken care of my needs. My wife's needs is taking care of us for all these years. Who am I to argue with God? If I needed something, God has provided. Always. That is my testimony to you tonight. God has always provided for me. Even before Don and I were married, God always provided for me. Always provided for her. Because we walked with God. And, yeah, and, and I'll go so far as to say is even when I wasn't walking with God, He provided for me. Because He had a plan for my life. He took care of me. No matter how stubborn I was, He took care of me. My, my brother... <laughs> I was going to pick on the fact that Al and Mike usually aren't here uh, when I teach. So my brother Al being here, I, I, I thank you. But Mike went to the ends of North America to not be here today. I called Mike this morning. I talked to him for a brief moment. He told me he's in Maine. That's as far north as you can get, or northeast as you can get to get away from me. So... Uh, I picked on him about it, so he'll hear about it when he when he tunes in. Now, God says all things are possible. Jesus says all things are possible for him who's in Christ. But Paul gives us a little bit of a warning. 1 Corinthians 10.23 All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. That's wisdom. To know the difference and to walk in it. We can sit here all day long and ask for things, but when we ask for God's will in our life, when we ask for God to to move in our life, He will give us those things that will edify Him and bless us. And He will move us into places and to people that need to hear His word. When we press into the Most High God. Um, One of the apostles, I believe it was John. I wasn't going to let a little scratchy throat stop me tonight. Um, John would often be found just laying in Jesus' bosom, just laying there, soaking up the Savior. That's what we need to be doing every day. And waiting for God to give us that instruction of, okay, who now, Lord? Who are we going to go see? Who are we going to go talk to? What are we going to do today? My new job, I've had opportunity to share the gospel. Sometimes they don't even know I'm sharing the gospel. I I did it uh, in a meeting yesterday. Uh, I was in the meeting. I, I put in some scriptural stuff. They don't know it was scriptural. But it's relevant. It's always relevant. So in 1 Corinthians, Paul's telling us not everything is prudent. It's not, it's not, you know, okay, I need a new Lamborghini. Probably not a good idea for me. But if God wants to bless somebody with a Lamborghini, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that either. If that person's serving the Lord and he's reaching people, I'm fine with that. 
God gets to do what he wants to do with people. But we, if we listen, if we pressed into God and listen for what he wants for us, he will give that wisdom to you freely and he will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. You can ask for something he will give above and beyond. So in Jeremiah 31, 33, and 34, this section is called the word in us. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. I want to tell you that that I have a testimony of this. I've been working with my nephew. And and I've seen some great changes in him recently. So he starts sharing with me. Now, he's not a big Bible reader yet. He's not in there every day reading off the word. So he tells me, you know, I really felt like I, I had to forgive my dad on something. I said, okay, tell me about it. And he starts sharing with what he was talking about, what he's feeling about. And I said, you, let me go over to this scripture and forgive seven times 70, uh, Matthew 18. And I said, you did exactly what the Bible told you because he wasn't receiving it. So you grabbed somebody else, you brought them into it, and he received it at that moment and accepted it. I said, you did the Bible without even knowing it. And there were some other incidents that he shared with me that the same thing happened. That that the word is percolating up from the inside. Because his word says, I will make of the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. He has burned the word in your heart. When you've accepted the Holy Spirit into your life, when God gives you the Holy Spirit, you're operating in the Holy Spirit, then you have the word at your disposal. Now, it's great when somebody can pick up, uh, without even picking up the Bible, can go verse. and I mean, Pastor Al, he would sit there, in, in the first days that I was working with him, he'd sit there and rattle off all these scriptures and, and he wouldn't even know what he was rattling off. And I was like, where is he getting all of this? And I, it was amazing how God was using him because he was pressed into the Holy Spirit. And it got my attention. It got my attention to know that he wasn't doing it. He didn't know anything about my life. So, so what's going on over there that I don't have? And I I pressed in to learn more about the Jesus that he was following. And and so we have this word in our heart. We can't forget this. This is important. The word is in you. Yes, we study to show ourselves approved. What that study does is confirm with you what you already have in your heart through the Holy Spirit. It confirms with you that which you're supposed to do, which you do by nature now, because you're a changed being, a child of the Most High God. 
that word burned in your heart transforms you into a new creation under Jesus, Jesus being the first of many brethren. So, so we look at this and we say, okay, you have burned your word in my heart. I surrender to that, that I might live my life after you. And then what you're going to find out is that the word will just percolate. And then every time you, you read something in the word and said, oh, wow, I was already doing that. Oh, wow, I was already doing that. God has already showed me that. I knew that that was the word. And, and so in doing so, we make change in other people's lives. We're now Jesus. We're now doing the work of Jesus because we accepted that that word is burned in our heart and we move to it. When we read about it, it sets us in motion to do God's will. <clears throat> I always loved that scripture and I always held on to that. When the, when, when the Mormon church and... and some reason they still have me on the rolls over there because they won't let me go do the excommunication deal because I'm supposed to go in in front of a bunch of people and have them excommunicate me and they won't let me do that. I don't know if they're afraid of me or not, but because um, what I was going to do is go in there and then get a whole bunch of Christians around the church praying while I went in there. But you know, anyways, they 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 decided not to do that. Proverbs 9, 10 through 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. So there's a understanding, and if, and if you do this, there's a then statement in here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's also the beginning of belief. It is the moment of pressing in. It is the start of your journey. It is the accepting that there is something greater than yourself out there. His name is God. He has a son, Jesus. He sent us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to dwell in us. We became the dwelling place of God. And as we've become the dwelling place of God, God lives within us. The temple was destroyed so that we might receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they can keep building a temple. They can keep building it. But God said, I don't live there. I live in the hearts of my people. You are his people. And as his people, we have to press in. We have to press into the Most High Calling. <clears throat> wisdom comes from above. This is going to be James three seventeen. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. When we seek God, we seek his wisdom, we seek his love, and look at what he pours into us. He pours peace, joy, righteousness. He gives us the ability to overcome and push sin to the curb. He gives us the knowledge to go to another 
and help them through their trial. He gives you the ability to go and do something for somebody else that makes a difference in their life. Sometimes you don't hear about it for years and years and years to come. Somebody comes knocking on a door and say, remember when? I know that I've had the opportunity to make a difference in people's life because of the miraculous change that occurred in me in 2005 when God smashed me right up against that gentleman over there who dwelled with me, and then it was Pastor Al and then Pastor Joe Vasquez who labored with me. They didn't just do a quick prayer and send me on my way. Those two men and their families embraced me as a child of God and labored with me and took me to the knowledge and love of God. Now, I had a base knowledge. I had a foundation to build from that started when I was a little kid up in Vermont. And, and so I had that opportunity to talk with them, but I had a foundation that when 2005 came rolling in, I got to step into something even greater than I didn't even understand. And God sent those people with wisdom and knowledge to give to me, to share with me, and to help me overcome a lot of years of darkness, pain, suffering, and and. Take me into a place of light. And I'm so ever, forever grateful to God that he sent them to me. And I'm challenging each of us today, tonight, to be those same type of people that God sends people to because we're pressed in to the Most High God. If you lack wisdom, God tells us to just ask. James 1, 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. This doesn't say I might think about giving you wisdom. It doesn't say that. It says I will give it to you. Now, I have, I want to make sure I'm clear. I don't want to confuse people. I have put God to the test on this one. Not testing God, but testing my understanding of this word. I tested by asking God some of the littlest of things and some big things along the way. And simple as... I was with somebody that would get bit by mosquitoes. I've shared this story with you before. And as they get bit by mosquitoes, they'd welt up and there'd be welts all over the place. And I prayed over them and they'd go away and they'd get bit again. And then I said, God, can I ask for the mosquitoes not to bite? And for a long time, they didn't bite. They didn't. I was able to ask something like that. And it happened. I shared the story of my hair cutter and she and I still, she's been cutting my hair for since 1994. And there was one day she was moving her studio to another place and she says, and she's got a very innocent mentality about her. She's a very sweet, innocent 
thought process. And she says, can I ask God to make my phone not ring while I'm moving, but I need the work, so I need it to start ringing the next day. I said, absolutely, and I am 100% sure that God is going to answer your prayer. So I prayed with her. I left. Two days later, she called me up and said, you're not going to believe this. I said, oh, I bet you I will. And she said, I didn't get a single phone call on the day I was moving. But the next morning, as after I got up, my phone was just ringing off the hook. I'm already booked at the new place for the next week. And I said, that's our God. That's our God. Yes, we can ask. Sometimes we're afraid to ask for those big things. I was afraid for all of that time. When I bore my testimony, I was afraid to ask God for a good job because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Can I share something with y'all? When I saw the job, it's at Houston Community College. When I saw the job, I didn't read it right. Don't tell my boss. I didn't read it right. It's absolutely different than what I thought, but it's even better. It's even better. I'm not managing the assets. I'm managing above the assets the process of asset management throughout the college. I I looked at it and said, that's the job I want. I didn't realize what I was asking, but I got better. I got a great boss. I got great employees that I work with me, and we've been able to move great mountains right now. Now, we still have to navigate through the college system, but uh, a little bit of politics there. Got to got to play around, but it's awesome. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives to you liberally without reproach. If you need to know a situation of how to minister to somebody, if you need to know a situation of how to do financial issues, you got something going on that you, you're not sure of. Now, I know it frustrated my wife that I did not go to the doctor for my leg. She mentioned it a few times. Just a few. And yes, I can be a little stubborn, but I always felt that God was going to take care of it. So you saw me drag myself to this church on Sunday mornings. And sometimes I was dragging. But I knew that God was going to take care of it because I had been given that wisdom. And I knew she was going to be fine and dancing on a beach somewhere. And she was. That's our God. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstoppable in all of his ways. So what does that mean? That means when you ask God, you ask with expectation that our God will move mountains before you. And I want to, let me get a little closer here. I'm going to give you a little secret. 
He already knows what you're going to ask. He, he kind of has that foreknowledge. And a lot of times he's already prepared, actually every time, he's already prepared the way that it's going to get there. Now that will be on his time. Like I gave my testimony, I prayed for that job in April. I went through one interview in April and I didn't hear from him for two months. And I was like, oh well. And then I got a phone call from HR saying, here's your offer and can you start July 1st? No second interview? Well, thank you, God. The, the director who I work for or work under said to me, he said, something about your resume that really stood out. Now, I could have done him a standard electronic nowadays resume. They're so generic. But I said, you know what? I really feel like I need to do this. I had this umption that I had to do this, and, and it was absolutely new way for, doing me, for me to do a resume. Now, let's be real. I hadn't done a resume for probably 15, 20 years, but it was still a new way for me to do a resume. And he said, that resume told me I needed to talk to you. I needed to see this man. And I beat out 10 or 12 other people for the position who had higher degrees and higher positions. And he is not this He has told me he's not disappointed in his choice. I'm blessed. And I'm not afraid to say I'm blessed. I'm not afraid to say that God blessed me with a wonderful wife. I'm not afraid to say that he's blessed me with finances and, and ability. I'm the one who messes up that stuff. That's because I seek wisdom from somewhere else every now and then. But if I sit there and I pray to God, he gives me that wisdom and knowledge. He does. It just comes. He gives it freely. Are you doing that? Are you trusting God? Are you pressing into the most high calling? Matthew 7, 7 through 11, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Proverbs three thirteen through 21. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than a prophet's of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that you desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and her left hand riches and honor. So here God is telling us, if you come unto me, if you trust in me, if you press into me, long will be your days, and I will bless you. And I will take care of you. Are we fence sitters? Are we still on the milk? Press into the meat. Don't be afraid of what God's word has for you. And it doesn't matter your age, status, 
or otherwise. Bill gets up here, he runs up on stage, and he loves to give praise reports, but he also loves to pray for people. And, and so that's the part of his ministry that we see. Now, he's got other ministry. He's minister to his wife, to his family. But he serves God willingly and openly. And his age is not a hindrance. Hope I can bear that testimony for you, Bill. I want to come to a conclusion on this. The wisdom of this world, 1 Corinthians 3, 18 and 23. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in his age, <clears throat> let him be a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. How many of you are worried about what's going on in the world today? God can make it so that they swallow their own. Ours isn't to worry about that. What is he saying? These latter days, before the mystery of the gospel is removed from this earth, there is going to be and is going on right now a great harvest. And it's not for us to sit here and get behind the stones and the walls and hide in the caves, but it is our opportunity to put ourselves out there and be a light in a darkened world. And you know, they're tearing down all the lighthouses in this world. So we've got to go be the lighthouses for all those people out there that are wandering in darkness. GPS has kind of knocked out all the lighthouses. So let's be a GPS to other people. Our job is to grab a hold of them and say, that's Jesus. He died on the cross for you. His word is more precious than anything you can find in this world. And in fact, if you knew, you would sell everything and you would come and buy a seat at his table. But guess what? You don't have to buy a seat at his table. He welcomes you and says, come on in. He stands at the door and knocks. So here we are, a precious jewel at our fingertips, and our job is to point those in darkness to the light. We're not going to save a single soul. Jesus is the only one that saves. But our light can bring them. I hate to use the analogy like moths to a flame, but our light is going to attract those who are in darkness that are looking for the light. Yes, not everybody's going to come. Some are going to stand on the other side of the fence looking in and saying, well, I'm just not ready. Proverbs 3, 3 and 8. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. 
the last one, I'm not going to put the scripture up. <clears throat> Solomon was given a choice by God. Ask for anything. Solomon asked for wisdom. With wisdom of God, all things are possible. With the wisdom of God, the understanding of what's probable and right versus what's not edifying is at your fingertips. The ability to stand against all the wiles of the enemy and cast them is at your fingertips. He has burned his word in your heart that you can take the light out into the world. That's the Great Commission. That's our life. And it's supposed to be spent in him. I have been guilty of not spending my entire life in him. And I want to change that. I want to not be distracted by the things of the world. I want to not be a part of the world system, but I want to be a light everywhere I go. And so I choose that life. Solomon chose wisdom. I choose the wisdom of God to live my life. I lay in his bosom and I present myself before God. I repent when I have to repent and I understand that he is a loving father and he is willing to give us information knowledge, understanding. He'll share the heart of another person with you so that you can minister to them. You will speak things of God's word to people's lives and they will be amazed, just like Al did that one day to me. I was amazed, not at Pastor Al, but I was amazed at who was speaking to him because I knew he couldn't know the things that he was saying. I am grateful to Pastor Al that he opened himself up to be used by God. And I thank God for taking me out of the direction I was headed in into the light that I can be a light to others. I took the road less traveled and it has made all the difference. I hope you choose that road too. Press into God. In Jesus' name. Let's pray this out. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have burned your word in our heart. We thank you, Father, that you have put us out there, Father, to not just be churchgoers, but to be harvesters in a darkened world. Father God, as the wheats and the tares are being separated, Father, lead us unto your understanding of where you want us to go. And deliver us, Father, to the people that you want us to speak to. And give us the words, Father. Let them permeate from our hearts. That we can be as you were in this world. That we can lay hands on the sick. And they will be healed. We can speak the statutes of you. And people will come to know you. Father, we glorify you and praise you today. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.